Fly Nerd Group was recorded live at Mess in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, USA. Yo, once again, we are back. The Fly yeah. Nerd Group. Uh-huh. Hey, yo, we are coming in with some live hot takes. I am Coach E. Soulstar, and with me, as always, is... Mr. Kaz G. And What's we, good? And we got a special guest this week. We want you to introduce yourself, my friend. All right, I'm Sam One. I am over at Two Controllers and a Microphone. We also got, you know... The guy in the chair, as guy always. In guy in the chair. Scott Free. <laughs> How we doing, fellas? <laughs> What's good, man? What's good, fellas? It's been a minute, man. It's, it's been a minute. <laughs> the long hiatus yeah. finally over. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the hiatus. Fly Nerd Group is back. The, the mid, the <laughs> mid back, season, baby. the yeah. mid season break is over, indeed. And uh, we're we're coming in live and direct uh, from the Joker movie debut. Yeah. Uh, uh, people are talking. People are not talking. Uh, some people are ambivalent. Some people are indifferent. Some people think it was the best thing since sliced bread. Some with, people were scared. And those fears turned out to be completely unfounded. Baseless. Baseless. Right, right. Pre-Joker. Everyone watch out. The theaters are going to be shot up. Post-Joker. Yeah, it was guy. <laughs> like, like no no one showed up with guns to your movie theater. No one dressed up as a clown and, and, and detonated some fish at you. You know, no no gas came through. But and you're, if not- you're a lemon and you just follow that type of propaganda and stuff, then shame on you anyway, man. You got to be realistic. Walk out here with no fear. None of that stuff is going to happen. And they just set that stuff up for people to be scared. Don't live out fear, y'all. And we're not complaining that it didn't happen. But, yeah, needless hype. Need, yeah. Needless fear mongering. So. Yeah, they, it was fear mongering for fear mongering's sake. Um, but uh, let, let's. Start. I, I know how my so man. I know how my man's feel about the villains. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm, I'm gonna let you roll your get get your get your thing going there. All right. Because I know how much you love the villains. Yeah. Everybody know. I root for the villain first. Hero later. So what I felt about the Joker is exactly what I felt when I saw the trailers. Everybody was hating and shitting on it and saying it's not going to be good and nothing like that. Nah. I looked at it as a different reason. The cinematography alone was fucking dope. You know what I mean? The way the color co- the color coding and the way it just looked and the texture of the film looked like it was film. So I looked at it like it was some art film shit. I looked at it like a project. It was artsy. Yeah, it, it was, was definitely mad yeah, artsy. Very was, much so. Yeah. And they're just using the Joker as a premise of taxi driver. Kind of. You know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. I see I see your... Uh, I didn't I look at it like, oh, man, this will... Batman's going to be in the next one. No, no, not at all. Nah, I didn't look at it like that. So, to me, the movie delivered. It delivered. I think the movie was dope. The way the scenes were shot, the way the um, texture of the film, the way the acting were, the way he was moving and elongating in the frames were awesome. I think as a film lover, like this project was probably going to be in art schools and film schools to study on for for the rest of the, um, you know, for a good 10 years. Years and so. until something hey, we're, until something else comes along. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, we, we we as as much as I would like to um uh uh go with you and continue to push this film up on like this pedestal. Um, we know that we live in a flash in the pan society, and what's hot now, what we think is dope now, 
they you know other people faded on so, so for you, you feel, for, for you, you and i feel it's a classic movie i feel it stands alone in, in its own in its own right i feel it's very strong i agree with you it was beautifully shot um i i kind of felt like you this story you could have transposed to sort of almost any about any person in that same situation it just happened to be this was the person that would go on to become known as joker um, there, but it was a great movie. It was a definitely a deep delve into psychological disorder, psychological trauma. Right. Um, definitely a deep dive into societal standards based on based on um, the eighties uh, at the time because it was you know set in the set in the eighties. So greed was a huge factor in it. Uh, the dichotomy and the difference of well, the, the half versus the half. They had a half versus the half knots, and he was. In in this instance, the Joker is painted more as a societal change, as a as a push for, and not a psychopathic killing machine. But it was still chaotic. It was chaotic, but it was it was almost you 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 rooted for you felt bad for him some a little bit a little bit you felt you felt <laughs> nah. bad for him you felt bad for him. I did feel kind he of did bad. Some for him. things in well, the movie you where you was like with nah. some of with some of his positions or why he would have. Why it would have gotten to the way? Yeah, it why? Why? It, why it got? Once again, to 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 go into reference it to Taxi Driver, we see the buildup that leads to the crack. Right. Like we see the things that the the things that lead to the psychosis. Right. Um, at I think I think overall I think that um I think it's gonna catch major flack. Well, it already has caught major flack because it is based around a comic book character. If you take the Joker out the title. I guarantee you this film gets an Oscar, gets an Oscar consideration, uh, if nothing else. Absolutely. And yeah. I always tell people, hey, the film that won Best Picture had a lady fucking a fish last yeah, year. Shape of the Water. Yeah, Shape of Water. <laughs> yeah. just, just saying. That was the worst. Just saying. like, that was, like the, that was the worst thing that happened since, I don't know, Shakespeare in Love? And I still don't know three people that have seen that. I haven't seen Shakespeare in Love. I can't it, say that I have. Shakespeare in Love is the Watch film that beat. what you say on that beat, show. Don't promote the trash. <laughs> no, it's the film that beat Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture. And um, no one's seen it. So and, back to the jokes. I think it was dope, though. It was dope. No, I, I th- we we stand we were standing side by side on this one. <laughs> I'm, my take is slightly different. What's your take? I am extremely lukewarm on that movie. So, few reasons. One, you could take the word Joker out of it and any reference of the movie, and it wouldn't have changed a single yeah. thing. That's why I said you can transpose that movie. to any person who's going through that sort of thing. It didn't. Like, I, one mm-hmm. of the things I do. I like agree about, with that too. I mean, but still, it's just a clever way to sneak that in. And I don't know. I'm gonna disagree here because. Yes, the story of the mental breakdown, the possible mental break, it's not clear that all the events depicted in the film actually take place, and many of them may be in his head. Yeah, definitely. However, it's not just the story of anyone breaking down, because the sort of spreading of the Joker as a meme, the people out in the streets... Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Joker makeup on, and then he symbol. becomes this sort of larger symbol. But you can mm-hmm. get that from V from Vendetta or anything else where something goes viral. It's just a process of something going viral. It's not something that had to be the Joker. I think in order for it to achieve the sort of success that it did, it had to because it, it was just a smiley face, uh, 
crib yeah, a little bit from the really. Watchmen or something. Yeah. It would just be, uh, okay, why are we bothering with this? Because it's the Joker, now it's the hook that's going to get nerds, fly and otherwise, in the door, as well as... No, I mean, you know, in the, I mean, I think you misunderstood. I, I, think may have. I meant in the world of the movie. I see. It, that story does not have to be a Joker story to work. The story works whether Arthur Fleck becomes a Joker or if it's just some guy that's named Arthur Fleck that dies five minutes later and you never hear about him again. It was a good movie. It was well done, but it did not need to be a Joker story for it to work. My favorite Batman stories rely, and this this is just the way I feel about comic book stories. It's the same thing Fantastic Four. Rely heavily on the fact that Batman was about the only person that could get through that story. Or Fantastic Four stories. The Fantastic Four usually about the only people that could get through that story. And one of the reasons I'm lukewarm about the Joker movie, it's the Joker didn't have to be the Joker at the end of it. It could have been random crazy person. It could You're have saying been it, the, it could have been Calendar Man or Crazy Quilt or, or somebody, <laughs> oh, <not> crazy quilt. <laughs> or some alcoholic you passed Kite on the bus Man. station to get on your way here. It didn't even have to be a comic book character per se. It was just a crazy dude. Well, it was the Joker, so yeah. And it's the best rated R movie. It beat out Deadpool and broke some records. And this is all what I predicted when I saw the trailer alone. And my vision came and manifested. I'm not going to say it's the best just because it made the most. It is the highest grossing. We can yes. agree on that. That, yes. is, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just all right. Building. So within this Joker story that whether you think it needed to be or not was a Joker story, can we talk a little bit about his face-to-face -face with young Bruce Wayne? Yes. Ooh, yes, that was a tense moment, right? That was a tense That was a good moment, too. I love it because it's like, take that, Batman. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Either way, if it's parallel or not, it's still the Joker and Batman, and it shows a little weird relationship. And so thing. this is a classic <laughs> in all of many of the retellings and reboots of the Batman whole storyline where they play with this idea. Did the Joker in some way contribute to the creation of the Batman or vice versa or right. vice versa? Or, vice versa. or is versa. it just inextricably linked and Ouroboros eating its own tail? I, I think, I think with some, with, with some, uh, arch enemies and I haven't, well, I haven't said that word out loud in a long time <laughs> with some, with some arch enemies, um, they, they are inexplicably linked. Uh, I think you, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Batman and Joker, uh, Pete and Norman for, for even on a lesser known Aqua black, Aquaman, black Manta. You, these things, these people are just all tied together. No matter where their story takes them, you're guaranteed to see one of the, the opposite. Flash of, and of zoom. Other. Flash and zoom. Professor X and Magneto. Perfect. Well, see, that's that one is a little ah, different. Complicated. Ah, ah, that one's more complicated. That's more. Yeah, are they are not, are they linked? Not. Yes, but they haven't really been foes since like the eighties. I don't know. He wiped his. Since I mean, the 80s. I mean, no, since the end of. I mean, post that manium out. No. I mean, post onslaught. It was kind of they they and haven't really went at each other. That was when it ended. Yeah, it kind of ended there. But they Xavier haven't. Xavier dying. It hasn't been like at the 
fever pitch but that it was. Them, but, yeah. but you know them. Right, they, we could go down this rabbit hole for yeah. an entire episode. <laughs> but let's get back to the Bruce and Bruce and, uh, Bruce and, the and jokes. jokes. Yeah. I love the confrontation. I love the tie-in of, um, the, um, you know, the Batman origin. I think it was kind of dope. It's like I said, it's a parallel Gotham City world. And if you're causing all this chaos, why not just put that in real quick and see how it starts? He doesn't have to be physically there to do it, but it's just chaos. And and that's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, they got caught in the mix. But Bruce Wayne was weird. He let him his fingers in his mouth and shit. That was really mm. ill. That was an ill shot. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that I mean, but... That weird. But <laughs> I, it was... It was at least very clever. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that clever. And he was an impressionable child, and this was an adult, and he was sheltered, and he had no exposure to the outside world, and this was the first introduction of that kind of chaos into his life. It was... It was all well done, and I I think I, I think this is one of those this is one of those movies that it, it stands alone. It's gonna be in its own bubble. Um, it'll it'll get glossed over uh, a little bit by by most fans um, once the Robert Pattinson Batman comes out because then all the attention Ooh, will go. All I'm, the attention I'm is gonna go there. I wait for a trailer. You know, I, 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 I will reserve yeah, judgment. I, I booed. I I, I kind of had that same feeling about Christian Bale, and he proved me wrong. So I was. I'm. I'm all right. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let, let it go. Man, don't you want to see what happens the next day, though? I do. After he's standing on the car, I do. <laughs> I do want to see what happens the next day, but yeah. but you know, it's as, a one-off, though, man. Yeah, it is a one-off, and you know, but sometimes that's good. Sometimes you just need a one-off, and then I mean, it happens in the comics all the time. We get a one-shot, right? We're done, and that's it. And you're left to draw your own conclusions. Actually, that's what we were supposed to do with the Alan Moore killing joke. Uh, is right. draw our own conclusions if Bruce Wayne, if if Batman actually killed the Joker at the end, we were that we're supposed that that's what because it was supposed to stand outside of everything else, and then right. the editors decided uh, Batgirl being crippled was so cool that they wanted to make it canon. Hey, so, I got a question. Hold up, do y'all think um, the Joker kills Zazie Beetz character? No. The neighbor down the hall? Yeah. No, I don't think. I have it. seen that fan theory. I have not I, seen compelling evidence for I don't it in think the so. film, but I, I only did know. watch it once. I'm not sure. They they made it so you're not sure either way, and I like the fact that I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I want to say he did. I think he did. I wouldn't be surprised either, with either. I won't put it past the jokes because at that point, that doesn't f- that that didn't fit the level of psychosis that he that he was he at just so killed he his was mama he was he was in her house but he had a good um, reason to, to kill, kill his mom, mom. yeah the right? lies the lies he found out that pretty much everything she the world that she created for him all the shit she fed him all those years was her own delusion so he killed her out of anger out of finding out that I'm not who you say I am I'm not Thomas Wayne's son you were lying you fed me this for years you pampered my you pampered my dependence upon you all based on a lie mm-hmm. that same relate that same sort of uh relationship and betrayal does not exist with Zazie Beat's character he had a obsession and fascination with her but i don't think he pl- i don't think he acted on on that i don't think he killed her because his level of psychosis at that point wasn't He said there. he had a bad day, know. and he pointed the gun to his head, and she was in fear and said, my daughter is in the other room, and he just walked out the door. I think he killed the motherfuckers. I, 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 I couldn't. 
I, I, I can't make a. I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the music was I very can't. sinister. It was sinister. Yes, it but was. I see, but I think but that's that was the of the scene. I think that was the that was the la- I think that was part of the last straws that led him that, that further pushed him down. Because at first, remember, he killed those guys on the train, and he didn't know he was. In that's shock. his first kill, though. Right. That's his first yeah. kill. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he's in shock. Ride. Right. That's but the first kill. The particular Joker that they painted in this in this instance is not the is not the whimsical killer. It is the more depressed, sad clown trying to find a spot for himself and to create meaning and to in this world that has right. relentlessly beat him down his entire life. Right. And yeah, killing the neighbor. Doesn't make sense in that context. It, do, it doesn't. It doesn't right. fit the psycho. It doesn't right. fit the the level that they were going for. That's actually that's probably the best argument for that particular argument that I've heard, and I've heard a lot of them up until this point. Because that's like that kill is the one that I've seen be the most debated, which means mm-hmm. which means the movie did a good job because that scene is important to people. It and is. That shows yeah. the quality of the movie. Where a scene like that is being singled out as being so important that we'd even sit here and debate it like this and that there's so many different takes on it. Well, see, and I also after so many years of reading Joker comics, um, even even the times that he has killed those who he has loved or been affection for has been it, it, it is a different style of Joker than the one that was presented in the movie. Normally when the Joker lashes out against someone who he may have liked for a minute or have feelings for, it's because he's go- he's going through one of those breaks. Like, oh, the plans are falling apart. Like, okay, let's take it back to the Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Gunn. Why'd he shoot him? Because Batman just stole his balloons, right? <laughs> yeah. That that's a different that's, that's a different Right. That's a different that's a it's hilarious uh, too. Uh, one, to to quote Grant Morrison, the Joker is meant to be different every time you see him. You should never But he's get, unpredictable and spontaneous and he do stuff true. like the killing he, joke when he shot um Barbara. Didn't he disrobe her? I asked No, he reader. didn't disrobe her. He disrobed Commissioner Gordon. He had Commissioner Gordon naked and on well, drugs. Barbara, he just shot and left through, laying in the table. The pictures? No, no. She was in her underwear. And she, he shot her down the, to her underwear at the, the very last. Yeah. Well, so that's. I don't know. I had some people ask me questions. What did he do to her after? You know what I mean? So. I, see, he, I don't, he took the commissioner. That, but the writer opened the door for that interpretation. And that's what I'm saying. That's an element that I saw. That was into it was, the movie well, with that particular scene. Well, that was fairly obvious because, like, in the killing joke when he shot Barbara Corden, she was fully clothed. She right. walked to the door. She had on, like, a skirt and a button-up yeah, or something was, like she, that. She was still a librarian at the and, time, I believe. Right. Yeah, and then the Joker shows all these pictures where she's been shot, is bleeding, and is somehow in her underwear or less. I do not remember specifically, but I know most of her clothes were gone. Yeah. Well, I, I know Lorenzo Bonilla out there listening. Will, will, will he's going, he's going to correct you. I can tell you that now. He, he, he is my, he is my on the spot guy. He inboxes me after every episode. He, lit, he tunes, he tunes right in. I, inboxes yeah, me after every I, episode and says, "Hey, this is what you got right. This is what you got wrong." So shout out, shout out, shout to Lorenzo out. Bonilla for the fact, the fact checker. <laughs> Keeping you honest. The so all right, that's enough for the Joker, guys. Let's move on to the next. One last point. Okay, go ahead. Uh. Alfred, kind of a dick. Alfred should be a dick, though. I you like think? dickish Alfred. <laughs> I like, I like, I like the. Oh, I he like was not the gentleman Alfred, butler. Man. He was just kind of a kind of a goon. 
Which, which, like, I like that. I, I like because that's why hey, I like Bruce the, needed something. That's man. why I like the Jeremy Iron. That's the only only good thing about the Ben Affleck Batman was the Jeremy Irons Alfred. Because Jeremy Irons was like, Agreed. was he was he was kind of like, oh, you're gonna go get yourself killed. Like he was like just totally chill. Like yeah, go out and get yourself killed. I'm gonna <laughs> drink this tea, and when you don't come back, I'm gonna own your stuff. He was real honest about it. <laughs> but he was gentlemanly while being honest about it. Whereas this. Uh, this thuggish or this goonish. Well, he was Alfred. he was more like the the Alfred. Yeah. He was just a bodyguard. It yeah, he like. was he was more like a, he. They were doing he more bodyguard. Yeah. But look at Thomas Wayne in his situation. He was, you know, what I mean, that's what you more, would have. Yeah, that's what you have. You have the goon in the yeah. house watching the boy. One one last point though, I, I was reading fan theories on this uh, that after Arthur kills his mother. And he sees a photograph that on the back is signed by Thomas Wayne that said, love your smile. That is not something you just write to your typical employee. No, so is it entirely I, possible that, in fact, Arthur is yes. the illegitimate son? I, I've, heard that, I, I I've heard, heard that argued. I've heard that argued. I'm willing to bet that Arth, that Thomas slept with Arthur's mother, had an yes. affair. Yeah, She got pregnant by somebody else, and but she not she's think that she on, was I've, I've heard that chick was weird. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard the theory that they were having a relationship and he yeah. used his money to get rid of her and had a sanity called into question. That's a great and theory. That Arthur Fleck really was his. I child, mean, it was the but 80s. that was a theory. I don't know. Oh you, you could not. She could not send out to Twenty Three and Me and find that out. She wouldn't have gotten help because he was a billionaire. He was so mm-hmm. much more powerful than her. Who's gonna Who's gonna take whose side? So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's I've a heard little it's, soap opera or open comic interpretation to have the hero and the villain be secret half brothers. But yeah, I don't know. We'll never know because one shot. What are you gonna do? Stand alone. No. So, do you think he'll be a Joker too? No, nope. I do not. No, he already. The director said he's not doing this. Yeah, again. Phoenix said he's. Not yeah, doing Phoenix it. said he's not doing Phoenix it again. He's open to do it if the director. Hey, well, he's he's giving out mixed message because he also said now nah, he, he like, actually no. said last week he's not doing. Yeah, he said he's not doing it again. Week. Yeah, he had to take he, off fifty hey, pounds man. to do yeah, the role. You can't do that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. twice in a but couple years. But this time it's not that he's not that guy no more. He's full. He could be full. Joker. He can't be fat though. I mean, <laughs> he got to lose some weight. Fat Joker. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, Jack shape, Nicholson was size. Joker. Jack Nicholson was a was a rather portly Joker. Relatively yeah, speaking, they hit him. Very he was no well Caesar Romero. He was not. He was not. They they hit Jack Nicholson really well with the suits and Jack Nicholson, and they made sure all the attention was on his face. Indeed, that was actually really good. So you really didn't see. Who knows? Uh, until like the very end, you're like, hey. Yeah, until you see him like kind of <laughs> dance forward. Yeah. You know, see, because he also kept on overcoats. Yeah, he did. Uh, a lot of yeah. them. Like he wore a lot of overcoats. Hey, stop hating on Jack, son. I'm not. Dr. Sleep coming soon. It was, it was the fight at the end when <laughs> Batman starts beating him up. And it actually even worked then because they never made Jack Nicholson a credible threat to Michael Keaton in that movie. So there's just some guy getting his butt kicked by Batman. Well, he wasn't a credible hand-to-hand combatant, but he had plenty yeah, of other right. threats. Yeah, I mean, Ledger yeah. wasn't the best. It depends on what interpretation combat. of the Joker you're going with, because half the time in the comic books, Batman will knock him out with one punch. The other times, they get into death matches. It all it it really depends on the writer. Yeah, it yeah. all depends on the writer. But yes, all right, guys, you, all right. let's 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 jump let's jump on what what's next on the docket. 
What do we got? Uh, are we talking Watchmen or are we talking House of X, uh, Powers of X? Like, what, what are we talking here? Ah, good question, son. <laughs> what are we well, talking here? You, you well, want to talk about X-Men? Watchmen real quick or X-Men? You know, let's get Watchmen out the way. Let's it's, get Watchmen out the way. I've only seen episode one. I've not seen episode Me too. two. Same here. Um, I, 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 hold on, back up. What platform is this Watchmen on? HBO. Go. On HBO. God damn it, HBO. Gotta get a fire stick. I guess. Fire it up. Um... <laughs> After after someone who who as as you guys know I I, I get my dedication on so since since I since we have been accused uh, by a couple people of being Marvel heavy handed I've deep delved into the DC universe as I tend to do in these in these situations indeed and so after reading half a Doomsday Clock again and then seeing Watchmen and rereading the Watchmen graphic novel I'm kind of mad on the show I don't as of right now I don't see the necessity of the show. Um, I really don't see how to improve upon what was left or, or should I, I'm, I've always been one of those people that I felt the Watchmen should have been left alone and never brought back. I think that it is a, I feel that body of work itself was a magnum opus. It was a genre changing book that led to so much more in, in the other books that we never needed to like crack that open again. Can we dumb it down just a little bit for me? Because I've not done my research on this one. When is this Watchmen show set? Uh, Who is it following? Is it before or after the event of the book? After, it's after. 30 the, years after. It's 30 years after. Um, the comic book. Of, after the comic. Right. And so it's following It's following Jeremy Irons as, as, as a surviving Ozymandias. Regina King as a I forgot the name Sister Black yes Sister, Sister Knight, Knight. Yes. Sister Knight Sister Knight Regina King is is Sister Knight there is a group of um of self styled vigilantes causing chaos as like wearing Rorschach masks killing cops okay the world is in utter financial turmoil it's it's I mean it's pretty much the world that Alan Moore left us with the world falling apart politically right and. The show just kind of picks up on the chaos and there's like a search for Silk Spectre and Night Owl kind of going on. Are they, you know, the rumors, are they still here? Are they not? Like what's going on? I'm just kind of mad on it because once again, I just kind of felt like Watchmen should have stayed in the bubble that it was in. We didn't need like we didn't need those prequels that came out. A few years ago, we didn't need in comic book form. In comic book form, we yeah. didn't those need the show. Awful. Yeah, that's true. Those were real. Bad. Those were bad. We did, we we don't we really don't need the show. They didn't need to include Doctor Manhattan in in the DC books as this overarching background villain that he is now. To me, they have totally kind of. Uh, I don't know. They've deteriorated the integrity. The impact of the the impact yeah. of the work. I hate. I, I normally. Tell um, I normally have told Alan Moore fans to get over it in the past. This is one of those times where I have to side with a few of the Alan Moore fans and say Watchmen should have stayed yeah. left alone. And there's so many other high quality Alan Moore works that could be brought Used. to the screen that spinning additional properties yeah. out of the Watchmen, which was a pretty well contained one shot, or yeah. at least you know, gra- one, yeah, one story. Well, one story. remember, Watchmen was supposed to be set in the DC universe, well, yeah, and they told be, them not to. Well, yeah, because it was going to be Blue Beetle, Captain oh. Adam, the the other uh, that she's in Freedom Fighters, but similar to the Silk Spectre. She's the that that woman who wore the goggles and and the frilly top. I forget, but yeah, I remember. I, I remember they saw the and, uh, the question light. was supposed to be Warshak. Sure, and Captain Adam was Dr. the Doctor Manhattan. Manhattan figure. Yeah, 
Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And they they saw the script and were like, no, you can't do this. And so it was released in its own self-contained thing. And and now there's an obsession with um, and, with them. And I agree. Watchmen should have been left alone. They have offered Alan Moore over the years everything to do a Watchmen 2. They offered him the Watchmen right to do Watchmen 2. They're like, we'll just give you the rights back if you do another set of these rights. comic books. And Alan Moore was like, no, leave it alone. I never want it touched. You should have respected the Get man your and left it alone. He's, 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 but, um, he's too look. busy having goth rituals in his, ca- <laughs> his castle, <laughs> summoning Cthulhu with all his Whatever goth Whatever he's girl. busy doing, it was his. You could have had it in the DC universe. That's not the decision you made. It's over. Okay, so this is what I feel about it. Um, only thing I appreciate in this um, show was the um, opening scene. Oh, yeah, the opening scene was Where dope. the um, Tosla, um, Oklahoma bombings of the Black Wall Streets in the 20s, 1921. Um, I'm shocked that a lot of people didn't know about didn't that. Didn't know about that. Yeah, just learned about it from the from the show. Yeah, that's... yeah but um, it was actually wiped out the history books and wasn't even taught to people in Oklahoma since the 90s. Like, boggles the mind because that's been a movie I've wanted for years. I mean, that's a real dope I learned about it in grammar school of black people having a source of economic structure and it was deteriorated by our own kind. It's, it's, well, not our own, but you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. our own you government is I mean? the only yeah. incident of the U.S. You know government I mean? bombing its own people. So uh, that was the most interesting Except part. for that thing in Philadelphia that one time where they bombed them. They tend to bomb black people. Because <laughs> hmm. there was that incident in Philly, too. Yeah, similar incident. They bombed. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that was the opening scene to Watchmen was the bombing of the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for those who didn't watch it. Uh, a, a, a rare known historical fact that this actually happened. Um, and people was tripping because, you know, Watchmen goes with the alternative universe. So they was really like, no, no, no. It's like, no, that's no, this, that's really that's happened. that's a piece of that's a piece of genuine dark American history right there. That that really happened. And, and you're right. I like at, when, once you get past that scene. The cop stuff is kind of interesting because it is a different take on like as far as like, you know, like that like, show it, was too nice to the police. It, it, it was it. it was just kind of it was just kind of interesting to see like, you know, that that sort of um, action being taken. But overall, well, I didn't like the Rorschach um, image like yeah, I, I didn't like I didn't like where that was going. I didn't like that at all. Regina King was cool, but it kind of like they put her character in there. So don't really have any tie-ins to anything i could see so it's yeah. just a new growth yeah. of story that you have that will have to buy you to watch the show regina king is dope you know what i mean much respect to very her she's so. a very dope actress but i need to watch more episodes to get more engaged yeah may, maybe maybe the maybe subsequent episodes will will draw me in better yeah. i'm definitely gonna take maybe i'll wait till it's all done and watch it binge that's watch what i'm it, gonna do and then i haven't even watched episode i'll come one. back on episode 16 and talk about yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'll tell you. But but let's let's move let's let's well, move to something what I consider even more exciting is Powers and House of X. Ooh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do um, it. Th- this was a I'm a I'm a big fan of Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman is it's like all the best parts of Warren Ellis uh sometimes uh with without the without the without the super nutty craziness that Warren Ellis tends to inject in his books but the super science is always there when it comes to Jonathan Hickman Jonathan Hickman nails down theoretical science better than than no almost as good as Warren Ellis no one else like Hickman Ellis 
No one else does theoretical science as good as them in comics. But without Warren Ellis's crazy, over-the-top hyperviolence? Without Warren Ellis's crazy, over-the-top hyperviolence, yes. not as mean. Yes. Um, <laughs> Warren Ellis. Warren uh, Ellis is a mean dude. That's Him true. and Mark Millar. It's not yeah. that they're not bad writers. They're just mean. Yeah. Their so, stories tend to be mean. So I like that. Agreed. So here we are, um, House of X, Powers of X, um, making Moira McTaggart the central figure and people are like, well, why should we care about Moira McTaggart? Well, she's been a mutant this whole time. Ooh. Uh, she's been a mutant this entire time. And she's responsible for at least 13 timelines, maybe? Maybe Not 10. 10 or is it 11? 10? How, however yeah. many it is. They say she's going to live 10, maybe 11 lives if she makes the correct choices. So we don't, the other question we don't know is, we don't know... I'm not exactly sure if this is Moira's 10th or 11th life. And I like not knowing that. I like not knowing which life it is. And I also like not knowing what parts of a destiny actually affect it. Because I think those are things that they can reveal in the individual books. Because you can't tell me that during this time that her and destiny didn't cross paths a few more times. Especially when she went to work for Apocalypse. Cause at that point yeah. she was bringing up, she was bringing hell on earth. Yeah. And remember destiny said, if, if you are on the wrong side of this, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> she, you know, that book was so good. They've already, they've had more than four printings of it already. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, and it's, it's, huge. Like, it's selling like hotcakes because I mean, really who's been excited for the X-Men? Story? It's been a minute. It's been like 20 years. It's been since a minute. Been left. Since yeah. the Warren Ellis yeah. years. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe the Grant Morrison maybe, stuff. Grant maybe, Morrison. Grant Morrison right. oh, okay, stuff. maybe yeah. when maybe for me when Whedon was writing it. Oh, the astonishing X Men. Okay, Astonish. I get you. Maybe when Josh Whedon. Yeah, you know, I mean, there there have definitely been some great stories. The rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire was a great storyline. That it's it still, you know, once it, it's like with anything. I've been reading X Men since the eighties. With anything, highs, lows, highs, lows, highs, lows. It's everything isn't going to be classic all the time. And yes, I even suffered through the Chuck Austin years. I was there. <laughs> I was there. I started I the first those. comic book. I started I reading. <laughs> I started reading comic books in during Inferno. That was and oh, I, Inferno is a great story. Yeah, that's where I started. That's a great story. But to before we drift off into X Men Past, which you've already done, let's talk X Men Present slash Future. Let's do it. Um, I love the setup. I love the. I love the the. Now this actually would be the second time though that they they've used Krakatoa as a base, mm-hmm. because remember they brought him to the mansion. At one point, he was living yes. on the grounds of the mansion. That was when nice. Wolverine was the headmaster. Yeah, when Wolverine was the headmaster. So now they've gotten, they've developed this whole ecosystem, which is great. Like their whole thing was great. And the trial of Sabretooth, man, if that's oh, not. Gonna- oh, no, let's, let's talk about because, see, the brilliance of Hickman is that he was breaking all this stuff down. They, like, you got to really break it down. This is the first time the mutants ever had, like, power, land, and just government. Now, this they is the first time they've had government. Sovereignty. 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 They've had land before. This isn't the first. This but did they develop well, their like own language? Yeah. Did they, they, they There's there Utopia. But did they develop their own language? Did they develop their own language? Not yet. Did they uh, set the up their own pharmaceuticals? That the island did that. Yeah. The island did most of The island did that. Did they set up And that's the greatest setting. Did they set up an organ? A way to create life. Did they also set up a way to dial missions and come back? Which that is a part yeah. I have problems with. 
Actually, the X Men have been coming back so For years. long and yeah. saying and I got travel better. through time all the, words, the time. I got better. Nobody, uh, no other team even says I got better, but the X Men because they come back so. But my often. my problem but, my problem with the regeneration factory on the island is that it takes the it takes the it takes the suspense. As long any, as everything works it, well, it removes, I don't think it, it's going. It to. removes, it removes the, the stakes. It removes the stakes for yeah. now. For now. For now. Until they're we, put back in, and we, when we, they put we, back in, you're at double time. We all we all know, like anything with the X Men, the good times they do not last. The the prosperity it does not last, mm. and eventually, if based on the first issue of of the X Men book, Magneto's not going to last. I they're <laughs> they're they're building him up a little too. They're like he's about to take. Marvel has rarely comics in general have rarely built a character up before kicking them off of a mountain. True. So right now, remember Magneto goes out there, he kills all those scientists. He comes back and it's all the cheers. Magneto, Magneto. They're, they're, right, he's right, adored. Right. He's loved. Right, he's getting right, everything right. he wanted. Man. He's getting he's feel he, he's coming back like, oh yeah, I killed 30 humans. We're the new Praise gods, me. Man. Yeah, we're I'm the we're the new gods here. Eventually he's going to cross a line. That eat that and he and and they will have to judge him like they did Sabretooth. It's and coming. Apocalypse isn't he's chilling and like a villain, right? Mister Sinister's and on Mr. the Mister Sinister. What are you gonna do with Mystique when you refuse to bring Destiny back? Yeah, she's gonna kill she's people. Go, see, yeah. see, that's and that's the whole thing. I I think the, I think the setup for this is like pretty much less less let's give the mutants what they've always asked for: sovereignty, land, autonomy, run alone, because this isn't. That culture clash within their own thing is destined to happen because the radicals are now on site. They're there. Someone's going to cross a line. Right. They will tear I themselves agree. apart, well, just like any human society well, and has before. Sabretooth was the first one. He, they sent yeah. him on a mission and said, hey, all you got to do is do this. Don't kill anybody. <laughs> he's getting out of there at some point. <laughs> he's getting out too. Yeah. Well, yeah. When he gets out of there, he's going to try to Mystique kill them all. Let them out, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Because they're destiny because they've worked together yeah. too much. Yeah. There yeah. are people who Me aren't too. fully on board. Like they're they're oh, okay. The the children of Xavier are totally buying in. They're all right. like, "Oh, this is great!" Right? Blah blah blah. Is... Some of the enemies are like, and it's not even the the enemies you would think. It's like the it's the mystiques. It's the others that are kind of like, "Yeah, this is cool for now, for now." But I still want to do what I want to do. Like like you can't you can't tell me how to live my life, Charles. That is what <laughs> she's essentially saying. And there are gonna be others. That feel that way. Not everyone's gonna buy in. I think, but I think that's the beauty of what Hickman is doing. He's giving us all of this, this huge gumbo of goodness, and this huge thing where all the, the she was finally on the other foot for the mutants, for the and moment. Humans are not allowed. So, well, don't you think that's gonna stir some controversy? Well, I'm I looking mean, at the Civil War. Did you read X Men? Did you read X Men number one? I have that as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you already and Marauders. You you already you already know you, you already know you already. You yeah, you already here, you already yeah. know that the, <laughs> that humans are going to retaliate because that's it's just there already. Yeah. That, that that was always going to be the case. Yeah, that was always going to be the case. Someone's well, going to. I mean, that was the whole point of of them showing us those future flashes in Powers of X is that the mute like the mutant utopia does not so far well, has that, not lasted that. And one. I like the fact that those like Moore's longest life that they were showing us all. All along was life six. Yeah. The one we had the most questions about. They didn't let you know till just the, the end, end yeah, that, was that cool. it was life six. I was like, oh, it was okay. well thought out. It man. was, it, but see, that's what Hickman does. Hickman 
Have you ever read Manhattan Projects by him? Oh my God, it's so good. I mean, just the Avengers run. Yeah, his Avengers run was was just ridiculous. Yeah, the the uh, the things he did in that Infinity story were just so incredibly amazing, and so and I love the event. Like the concept of the Avengers machine was rich. That was great. And the entire run had a whole bunch of peaks and valleys. So there were a whole bunch of mini climaxes until you got to the Big real climax, one. Yeah. Which means really good things for the X-Men. That yeah. means there are going to be several good stories in the overarching good story that we're going to get. Yeah. If it, The only other writer I trust this much would probably be Ed Brubaker, who I happen to love, because the Winter Soldier, the Captain America run was one of my favorite runs I've ever seen in a comic book. Yeah, it's a solid run. That and Books of Doom. You get credit for Books of Doom. Books of Doom is dope. All right, uh, so you think, how long does um, Hickman... Go I mean, Hickman tends to stick around for about he's a good... he got five years. Uh, got, yeah, he's, he, he, five years is about his cap. He's that was been, his con- that was, that's his contract. When they yeah, said contract. he's got X-Men for five years. We've so got five go. years. Yeah. Well, Avengers <laughs> was 44 issues before you got to Civil War. So that's... Before you got the Secret Wars. So yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, Hick- Hickman normally comes on to a major book for a limited amount of time. Just, just similar to Grant Morrison, similar to Warren. Like, that's the, sh- like, for some of these big writers, they come in for chunks and then they move on because they know, like, hey, I can give you this much of my creative life and then I have to move on to something <laughs> else. Or this, it'll take me this long to tell a story. Or, yeah, or it'll take me this long. No one is Brian Michael Bendis anymore who's like, you know what? I'll write it until you tell me I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll rewrite an entire universe. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, that's, the other, that's the other one of the legendary runs for me. Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, they, that's what that, was, yeah. that was. Yeah. E better than it had any <clears throat> right to be. <laughs> yeah who, who knew that ultimate spider-man would have become the beast that it became it was huge i loved it gotta say quick bendis related side note so i have too much stuff in my life so one of the things i've been doing is trying to get rid of a third of my stuff and so i've got six long boxes and i'm trying to turn that into four and so i'm making some hard choices taking out entire runs and i'm looking at the early bendis stuff jinx Torso, fire. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like torn on a lot of it. I, I gotta I th- say, I think the black and white, like the, I think torso the and jinx, and you gotta, you gotta hold. The on visual to. style made a big yeah. impression on me with the line drawing inked over off. then uh, photos reduced down yeah. to, um, yeah, just down to black and I white. Would, I would love to see him return to some of his his earlier like style art art stylings. Like the right. his, sto- his story beats have have gotten better. Right. Much better. Like Bendis can t- not only can Bendis tell a story. Bendis has mastered certain characters. I didn't think anyone could actually master uh, Clark Kent and make Clark a likable character who I want who I would want to read. Who you cared about in any who I cared while about. he was not Superman. Reading, while he was not Superman. I haven't exactly. been reading Superman, but you're like one of the few people. Like I know a lot of people that are. Really down on Bendis's run on Superman. I don't. It's I don't his, have an opinion. Yeah, it's not. It's not the character. It's his writing because he. he what Bendis did was he said, "You know what? Superman is always going to be this unchanging. Let's explore what makes Clark Clark. Let's explore Superman's humanism. Hmm. Okay. Let, let's 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 give let's let's get a soup. Let's give you a Superman that after he's done smiling for the cameras, he wonders did he make the right choice." Fuck Superman. 
Yes, we know how you feel. Oh, Superman. I admire people that write Superman well because it's a hard character. It is a hard character to write well because he's so severely overpowered. It's overpowered Captain America. It has not always been thus, but no, he got more powerful from the from the eighties to through the two thousands. It just got godlike to the point where Morrison wrote uh, one million. Just because at that point Superman was an essentially eternal god, yes. yes, and it's an interesting story, but it was sort of here you know, under underscoring. Wanted, here's the problem with Superman. Let's make an entire story where that's the central premise. I, I think. Are you talking about DC One Million? Yeah. Oh, see, the thing I remember most about DC One Million is I didn't get more Batman One Million, which I wanted desperately but that needed to be a limited series the the (laughs) out of dc 1 million the the character that i gravitated towards was our man really yeah a d-list character but he was dope and he was just doping to me i was like i thought i thought the concept of the future our man was really because for him to come from the supercomputer yeah 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 yeah, so for him for him his power hour was not him popping a pill and getting super strong it was him controlling time during that time during that period he was just a very interesting character because he had all the memories of the tyler family and he like uh and they all started off as superhero drug addicts that was like the the hour every hour man got addicted to the pill Mm -hmm. like everyone got it most i think maybe the second one didn't but there it had an adverse effect on him but rex tyler was an addict because without his pill he he wasn't anything like, yeah. like he was like, I got one hour. I'm our man. Boop. He got addicted to it. Yeah. So for him to come from like a, an addiction kind of background and then a million years later to be like a supercomputer controlling time. I just found that I found that That's particular storyline to be interesting. Okay. I that was why. just me. I, I, you that know was what? Me. I have to go back and pay. I didn't pay attention. I've never paid attention to our man. No, and no one you does. Just, <laughs> you no actually, one does. You and that time have talked me into actually going home and going. You know what? The hour man. I'm, I'm going to check this out. The hour man mm-hmm. book was well was was well written. It was it was a, he's a D list character. But to me to me that's the beauty of DC Comics though. They have a lot of D list characters to work with. It's just that no one works with them well most of the time. So then they have to rely on. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, Aqua. They have to rely on the big that seven. That doesn't work either. A but, recurring theme in this podcast. <laughs> well, okay. I think there are people who are great at different characters. Like, yeah. the movie I always thought DC should have gotten for, because I think the run was so strong, was Jeff Johns' um, Green Lantern run. I actually think they should do um, the Sinestro Corps War. Do you think? Because that story is just and it's visually, it would be visually ridiculous. striking. Do you think, think DC is ever going to try again? I think. I think. Do you th- think DC is ever going to try again with Green Lantern? I think animated really over. Any, I think they'll they'll probably they'll probably animate it before they do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Aren't they supposed to be casting Tyrese or somebody else as John Stewart? Oh, no. <sighs> yeah, that was my reaction. But at least they're trying to do the movie. I would like to see a Green Lantern movie as long as Tyrese isn't in it. I do not like Tyrese. Yeah. So anyway, he gives me the so um, yeah. Tyrese, yeah, the future Tyrese of DC is a human case of the Willies. You just see him and <laughs> he gives me the Willies when I see that old Coca Cola commercial. Something. When I get he that, he was in Transformers. He doing something. They doing something. Anyway, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry I brought it up. <laughs> sorry, uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> you ever see a room full of people get an appendicitis at the same time? Just now. <laughs> just now. Just all it just happened right now. All right. Order. <laughs> Powers of X. House X. Yay or nay? Oh, yeah. A plus. <laughs> a plus. Definitely. 100% A plus. Word. 100% A plus. I'm excited to see where it goes. What My, my only fear in, in any of this um, when sweeping changes happen in the X books is that generally the next writer to come after does not do a good job of holding the world up that was brought that that he was given. So normally Most what people don't. So so what normally happens in these situations is that we'll have this tremendous Hickman run and they'll strip them back down and put them back in Westchester for the next person. And to me, that's that's going to be the travesty of the run because that's what happened with the grant morrison grant morrison made these sweeping changes to the x books and no one could sustain it so well, that's grant how morrison is such a weird grant morrison is not my favorite writer i didn't even like his batman run except for one specific part of it top three writer for me i yeah, he's, love he's, grant yeah. he's in my top uh, five cool. <laughs> I, he's pretty cool i know <laughs> he's in my uh, top look, five this is that's what makes the x-men this whole thing special because it's going to be a different version for it and i don't think anyone's going to be that meticulous to follow and do all what hickman is doing well, anyway. but that's kind of the problem with any serialized format whether it is you comics know, whether it is sitcoms, whether whatever, generally speaking, at the end of an episode, at the end of a story arc, it all has to be zeroed out and returned to the characters that we love and nothing really changes. Well, that's and comics. It, it, I mean, that, it, has, it, it comics was traditionally change. comics. It has gotten better in the last 20 years. Where they're willing to kill somebody and at least leave them dead for a decade. Right. Five years. Next question. Yeah. Do you think the MCU could take this story and put it into film? No. Most likely, yes. No, Because what they're doing is they're adapting their newer stuff faster. And I hear when Hickman was given the job, they, he was told to set the X-Men up for movies. So I think setting them up for movies is one thing. I think transposing this whole world and that whole history no, that to the screen, you cannot do it. Yeah, no, the powers no. of X thing I, is I not too much. Okay, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, you can, you, you can, take, you can take a... You can take Maybe chunks, a lineup, stories. chunks, pieces. You cannot transpose this whole story to the MCU. It's too dense. <laughs> right. It's too dense. It's, it's too, too dense. generation like, and, you know, millennium like, spanning. Like who, you can't expect your no. average moviegoer. For the average moviegoer, uh, Endgame and its time travel was asking a lot. lot. Yeah. That, it was asking a that lot. Was, that's true. There will probably that. be a couple stories within this five years that will get turned into movies Oh no, we haven't seen Doctor Strange in the multiverse yet. We don't know all these multiverses popping around. I here. gotta say I'm baffled by that one and I am looking forward to yeah. it because I freaking love yeah, Doctor Strange. I'm a Doctor Strange fan myself. Never know. So. Never but know. I, I think I'm a I, the, fan the Marvel... of Doctor Strange when he's done well. Because the character is ridiculously powerful, except for a couple of things that are so horrifying, if done well. Like, I was talking to Kaz the other day. I'd really love to see a Shumagora done well. Because if done properly, Shumagora is horrifying. Hmm. Well, see, maybe we'll get a chunk of him in the uh, Maybe we'll get it's a chunk of him in the multiverse. Yeah, because it's yeah. supposed to be horror. Uh, the, I, I agree. Shumagora is, is horrifying. Um, and he's, is, he's very Cthulhu-esque and as a fan of the Cthulhu mythos, I'm definitely in, in, I, I, I like the, the whole thing of the, Hey, the terrible older gods coming from behind the veil. But I, the, the way Shumagora was written in later years was definitely, uh, 
better than the early years when he was like kind of he was written more like Starro in the beginning where he would show up like I'm this big, huge, terrifying tentacle monster. Fear me. Whereas in the in the late 90s and a few Doctor Strange series uh, of, re- of recent have mentioned him. And it's always been as an influence from beyond, which is actually even better. Yes. They turned to me. Schumer Girl was always a multiversal threat. Yeah. Schumer Girl, Schumer Girl is so powerful. You just don't beat him in a fight. You have to think of right. something He's, else. It's Star. Like I said, he, he was, he, but they treated him like Starro. Like he yeah. would show up and it was like, okay, all hands on deck. Yeah. There's yeah, some but, problems but, well, you can't punch your way out of. And, and that's why Dr. Strange is awesome is because that's kind of all he deals with. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that Shumagora is essentially skyscraper-sized. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah. He's huge. He, he's, he is. Oh, well, he's, Ho- <laughs> Hollywood loves that yeah. as the climactic well, boss. Man. <laughs> then he'd need a blue light coming out of himself. Then, you I know, see. it would be a movie. Because every, every comic book movie, for some reason, has to have a blue light shooting up at the sky for some <laughs> strange, un- inexplicable reason that we've never, that we are not privy to. I think they just uh, bought that pack from uh, the, <laughs> from the, the special effects pack. CGI house, <laughs> and they can just you know hit number a four. I'll take it. Right, number four, number four. Uh, <laughs> oh, add, add a number three. No, take that four. That's preset four. Uh, set that up. Well, yeah, I, I think Hickman has given X Men a, a good base, um, just like he did the Avengers. Uh, high level stories. Um, before we get too far off topic, definitely high level stories. If you have not read. Powers of X, House of X. I highly recommend it. X-Men 1 is on the shelves. Marauders 1 is on the shelf. Both of them, great tie-ins, great follow-ups to the uh, to the mm-hmm. book so far. I'm definitely... I, There's a and, lot more to come, too. And, and buckle yes. up, because... I over, want the Mormon Tagger book. Right, well, over mm-hmm. overall, every every book is about Moira McTaggart at this moment. Because, That's crazy. Yeah, if if you read the Hickman, the if, least noticeable character. If you read if you read the Hickman's interview, um, right that he gave not too long ago, he gave Powers of X. Even when she's not on screen, all these spinoff books deal with Moira McTaggart. All right. So Are next. you talking about the New York Comic Con interview he did like two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I think I read that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So next uh, episode, when we record the next episode of Fly Nerd Group. I'm I'm gonna need you to bring some issues in so I can read that because uh, you yeah. got you got to see yeah I got to right. see this thank you I, <laughs> I I got you I'll take care of you best thing going on in comics right now absolutely that, that is that is that is so what's other um good stuff are we uh fly notes time yeah I think it's fly notes time fly man. notes time it's All been right. uh, it's been many weeks since our last episode yeah. so yeah. I understand you have quite a, a few notes. fly notes a lot of notes bring them um Spider Man back in the MCU. Yep. I told you it was going to happen. Uh, we did say that was going to happen. We, just, <laughs> we did not, we said it. We did not have it. a firm yeah. number, but I believe the estimate was uh, either 25 or 35. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, it was 25. Percent? It was 25, yeah. yeah. We actually nailed what um, the percentage was, what they asked for. It was, uh, I would like to say it's because we are deep nerds and we're very smart, but also it was super predictable. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> yeah, was making was. too much money and Sony Pictures is Rubbish by itself. 
So yeah, I, yeah. I, I was I was not I was not worried. Right. Um, I I love the press spin story of Tom Holland calling the meeting and and tearfully begging <laughs> them not to do this. It, you know, it's it's like it, that's that's great, guys. But we know the actors' tears did not move you to sign that contract. No, <laughs> they do not. It was something away. involving a lawyer. They don't give yeah, away yeah. money because they feel bad. Yeah, right. Story, like you know? like if he did it, great, Tom Holland. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> your most your emotional heavy lifting. But that did not put ink to paper, right? But then that will look that will make for a great scene Makes in the eventual story. biopic of yeah. the making of the Marvel universe and in the Kevin in the Kevin Fahey life story. This will be, <laughs> well, a, this will be a great then, footnote. Then you need it to be somebody's last request from the deathbed. Ah, bring Spider Man. <laughs> so, so, so what? What else we got in the fly notes? All right, just saw the Dolomite, my name. Uh, I gotta, I gotta see that. Yeah, I was sleeping. You yeah. saw it. I gotta see it. Yeah, I saw it. And it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's good to see reviews. Eddie Murphy really back into his stride of acting and stuff, and uh, just producing a good movie. You know, it's not like slap, slap your knee, hilarious or something like that. But it's the biopic of Rudy Ray Moore, which was an aspiring comedian, and um, he got his style from the streets, man. And he created this character named Dolomite, and it upped his game in in comedy. He incorporated rap, like rhyme styles, into his jokes. So, like, actually, some rappers will say he's the grandfather of rap because he was the first one performing this on stage and stuff like that. So, we mentioned this before, but the movie is actually dope. Eddie Murphy definitely delivers playing Rudy Ray Moore's. Um, bunch of other actors mike epps Chris i hear Rock. i hear wesley snipes kills wesley it. snipes murdered he was weird, it yeah he was, it was great it was dope man um, <laughs> it's ti in it and it's actually interesting seeing wesley snipes go for weird because you never see him go weird to wong fu okay never saw that to <laughs> wong fu yeah i know what you probably got me there yeah so um, dolomite is dope and i'm really geeked to see eddie murphy he said he's definitely um planning to do some stand-up comedy again and dolomite is a return to our movies for him for the first time in a long Absolutely. time right That's this is true. not family friendly nah, fat it's suit fair nah, it's not his nudity is netflix so you know you could do whatever you could cuss he's cursing is eddie murphy man eddie murphy and- like it is finest, you know what if, I mean? If you're a fan of Brussels, you <laughs> will be happy. Many are. Many are. <laughs> yeah. If so, you are, I, yeah. I'm just putting it, it's it out Lou there. because that's what Rudy Ray Moore was. He was a Lou comedian. He it's was just very, not out blue. of context yeah, or anything. Blue. It was the fact that he was just a Lou character along with, like, uh, you know, Red Fox and things of that nature. So yeah. it only fits because these was the album covers he had to do. This yeah. was the image he was putting out, and this was some of the oh, stuff yeah, that was, was the included work. in the I, film. I remember. My, and my whole thing about it is the filmmaking aspect of it because it was independent filming. You know what I mean? Like, the dude had the idea. He accumulated a crew, his crew, his boys, and he created something. You know what I mean? And the movie was very successful and made $10 million and up. And during that time, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know it was that successful. Yeah, he, oh, uh, yeah, I've I read, um, I've read stuff on Rudy Ray Moore uh, before the biopic happened. He was definitely, he, he was a hustler. He he believed in himself, believed in his craft. And, and he really, he took something and he took nothing and made it into something. And that's, and I look forward to seeing this the the portrayal on screen. Uh, I want to give it. I want to watch it in the in the right light and not like midnight, like I do most things and end up falling asleep on it. So I want to give it as just due. So it's it's gonna be a prime this time. Is a Seven watch. o'clock movie. Yeah, it's gonna be a prime <laughs> time watch. 
I, I I normally don't get in though sometimes until late. So yeah, like you eight, know eight ish, eight thirty. You know. <laughs> the, uh, so what else we got? All right, we got the um Boondocks will be premiering on HBO on next fall. Um Aaron McGruger is um supposed to be added as the producer. Um everyone, the whole cast, or Regina King, um playing as Huey and Riley. If you didn't know that, she's the voice of Huey and Riley. And um John, what's his name? John Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Yeah. Witherspoon. Yeah. He's bang, playing, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing granddad, and of they're course. coming back, and I think it's supposed to be something aimed at the election that's going on or something like that, like an hour-long episode or something like that. But, hey, Boondock's coming back. I think we need some... Um, Is that going to be on their new, the second HBO streaming HBO service? Max, with, yeah, along, along, with, along with the return of Adventure Time. That's, that is exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. That, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ad, Adventure Time is coming like to HBO. Four hours Max. worth of yeah, four hours worth of Adventure Time. Yep. Oh, yeah. that might, it's like a, it's like a mini. It's, it's, I don't it's, know how. It's I like feel that last part. You feel of, good. It's like that I, last I part of Samurai Jack. When it was over, I was fine with it being over and how it ended. It did have a solid. Unless end. they're going to show me more of Gold. Which is one of the actual things I wanted to see. It more definitely takes. It definitely by the by the uh, the trailer. It definitely looks like it takes place like not too long after the end. Well, Rick and Morty is coming back too. That's yes, in it is. two weeks. That's in two weeks. Yeah, I am a I am a fan of the of Rick and Morty, so I, I I look forward to that. I couldn't be happier. Gotta up my streaming game. I'm like a season behind <laughs> hey, really on everything, on, but I freaking come love on. me some Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, they're they're only um going to start like with five episodes. Yeah, five episodes. Yeah, it's a half season, right? Yeah, half season. Yep. Yeah. Again, I just think my my idea is they only had time to finish five episodes up to this point. The show's actually tradition because of Dan Harmon is notoriously slow at yeah, everything, yeah, he, everything does. he does. Like if you were a community like, fan, you know this pain and you know not to get your hopes up about it. whole seasons. Oh, and I've yeah. heard, and I've told and people have told me I've got to watch it. I just have not found the time. It's yeah. fair. It's a it's one of the best sitcoms of our time. I'm I've been meaning to watch it. I it, really have. It is it is incredibly well written and intelligent even when it's being stupid. And it's being goes for it's, stupid. It goes for stupid. But, but does it, it smartly? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's it right there. It goes for stupid, but does it? It, it presents you with a stupid idea and but a very good reason behind said stupid See, idea. I would watch more things, but as Cos could probably tell you, I'm usually busy playing video games. What's that that on is video games? what I do. What's coming out on some video games? Okay, it depends. Last on of what Us you want. Two, Last of Us Two in February. Okay, um, Death Stranding <laughs> is coming out in two weeks. <laughs> What is? Death Stranding. Hideo Kojima's new game. The first thing he's done after he's left after he's left Konami and we can see what he looks like post Metal Gear. I'm actually really curious oh, about that. Oh, the Metal that. Gear guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That game the is Metal coming Gear out guy. in two weeks. It'll be this Friday and then it'll be the Friday after that. And I confirmed that today. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Call of Duty came out Friday. Um along with a game called The Outer Worlds, where if you are a fan of Fallout, you're certainly looking forward to that. I've heard it's turned out very well. Um, yeah, the, screen, the, the screenshots uh, and in-game play for that one look beautiful. Everybody, I've seen a trailer for Outland for, for that one. Yeah, it looks that, it, that game looks be, like beautiful. And I mean this in the nicest way, and, but people are tripping over themselves to blow it. I don't know if it's that important quite yet, but I'm picking it up tomorrow, so... 
I'll be able to tell people. Matter of fact, I might just, I will probably stream it if I, if I do. Well, I am picking up. So, um, you can find me on Twitch on two controllers, one microphone, and you'll find me there. And generally right. speaking on like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays or Sunday. One day on the road. All right. right. So you, you, right. you guys heard it. You can find them on two controllers and a microphone. What was it? Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Mm-hmm. There you, right. go. There, you go. So there we, what, there we go. What other fly notes you got for us, Kaz? Uh DJ Premier tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> is this a is this a personal trick or did or yeah, I think it's personal <laughs> with that one song? That one song, right? Yeah. And then nothing. You no, know, nothing. Nothing else. Then he dropped another song, and he announcing that Gangstar is dropping an album. Uh, all I heard was the word was it bad words or good word whatever it was. I heard the one bad words. Bad yeah. words. Yeah, I heard that one. And I liked it. Well, it's, yeah, loyalty the one with J Cole, and yeah. then bad words. So yeah. um, I don't know. It just sounds refreshing to hear Guru voice over premiere tracks. I mean, it I is. don't know. I don't care about J Cole and all that controversy. It just sounds refreshing to me to hear that voice again. Yeah, it was. It was. He good was to hear one Keith. of the MCs that taught. You know, it's mostly the voice and that stuff. Get you by, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he he pioneered that. So yeah, it felt good to hear Guru. So. Interested hip hop heads, DJ Premier dropping a damn album with Guru. (laughs) So Gangstar, Gangstar Gangstar. is dropping an album. (laughs) Yes. What else you got, guys? Uh, Raising Dion, I was watching, and it's kind of okay. I don't want to talk about it because I haven't finished watching it. And I'm watching it for certain reasons I probably don't want to talk about on the microphone. Yes, all I've heard about them. All right, all right. Wait, I got a, I got a, I got a personal, I got a personal addendum to the fly notes. Uh, oh, I, Jim I, Lee is going to be at the C2E2 this year, and that's in February. Is he going to so. give me my forty dollars back? For what? Explain. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a story here. Jim Lee owed me forty dollars. Wow. Okay, what's oh, up? What's okay. up? Jim Lee owed yeah. me forty dollars. Tell us all up, about Jim? it. So, when DC did their big reorganization, put Jim Lee in charge of you know redesigning all the characters, the new Fifty Two, all all of this, um, the Justice League comes out with a gajillion covers. At this time, I am running my shop. At the time, uh, Brainstorm Comics, and so. On the promise that Jim Lee would sign a, one of these exclusive covers, I paid a pretty penny to get a book that did not have his signature on it. Now, as a retailer, I only paid 40 but the book was supposed to retail for like 150 That's the truth. So I get said book with no signature. I contact the distributor, because that's all I could do. I can't call DC Comics. Who am I? Like, like, get me Jim Lee on the phone. I, I can't do that. Call a distributor. Distributor trying to rectify the situation. Um, it, they oversold the book that Mr. Lee was supposed to sign, so some of them came without signatures. So I hold him personally responsible. <laughs> and back then, you were just... <laughs> you still, no, you know what? Do you still have the book? No, I don't still have the book. I was going to say... Playing the protest back oh, then. Back then, you were just an owner of one of many comic shops in Chicago, yeah. and now you are Kochi Soul Star boom, of boom. the Fly Nerd Group. You <laughs> got reach. Jim Lee may well hear this, and Mr. Lee, if you hear this, 
Make it right, man. Make it right. You, sign it. You, you don't even have, okay, you don't even have to sign it. I'll even take one of those old gatefold X-Men books with your signature on it. Huh. Ooh. It's nice yeah. of you to compromise like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll compromise. I mean, <laughs> that. I mean, we all know there's a billion of them out there. It's not like hey, they- I'm getting that 285 sign. Nice. Nice. But uh, yeah, on a uh, the 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 little addendum I had into the fly notes, I rarely do this, but uh, Coachy Soulstar will be performing November thirtieth at <laughs> at Outer Space, opening for Decoy Dungeons. Uh, full full on half hour set out in Berwyn should be nice. So if you you can check me out on anywhere on Facebook and Instagram and that stuff, and I will have all the details and a flyer and all that. I'm shooting a promo video for it, I believe next week because. Uh, for some for some uh, local cats from the Burbs, Equate Dungeons, they have their act together, and I like how they operate. And they they came to me and said, "Hey, we want you to open for us. Here's here's what we can pay you. If that's acceptable, fine. You can get the money on this day, and we're gonna shoot a promo video." Oh, I like that. I, I I love it when I as a as a as a uh, good as business. a music artist, I love it that's when the, when the money is brought to, before I mention the money. The promoter mentions the that's money. good business. That's good that's business. Good business. So uh, along with that, since we talk about shows, uh, shout out to Fillmore Green, yep. Rashi Hadi. They're yep. on tour with Sky Zoo and Elzai. They're going to be at the Promontory actually tomorrow. Yeah, I saw um, that. From eight to ten thirty. If you're checking it out, if the podcast is out by then, you know what I mean. But if not, we still mentioned it. Yeah, we got them. Shout yeah. out. So uh, shout out. Yeah, that's oh and um, Freddie Gibbs. Conway the Machine and Benny the Butcher is going to be at the Metro in November. I think it's the 13th or 12th or something like that. It's pretty soon. Well, watch out for the undercover ATF people. <laughs> I'm just there for the music. Anyway. <laughs> you know what I? You know what I'm yeah, talking I'm just about. There for the music, but uh, <laughs> yeah, moving right along. Uh, I think that's it. Man. I know, yeah, I think we talked I about think, everything I think, that I could possibly. Oh, what about Martin Scorsese and Fred Coppola talking about? It's pretty much old Hollywood versus new Hollywood. They, you know, they said the same thing about other genres when they, like other directors came along and said things like, oh, that's not cinema. Right. This is a cinema. Uh, we hear this all in, in music. We hear this all, that's not rock and roll. That's not hip hop. It's all a matter of interpretation. Opinions are like assholes. We all have one. You either like it, you don't like it. What if you don't like it doesn't mean I'm not going to go see it. If I don't like it doesn't mean you're not going to go see it. I'm done with all the comparisons. Yeah. I'm done with all that. If you mm. like it, you like it. If you mm. don't, you don't keep stepping. We don't really need to have a full on discussion because what is art to you may not be art to me. What is beautiful to you may not be beautiful to me. Everyone's different. High art, it. low art has always been an artificial division. Yes. And if you pay money to go watch the movie in a room with other people, it's, it's cinema. cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think they're showing their hmm. age. When they were young, people were saying the same thing about them. Yeah. Now they're said- grandfathers and like, okay, Lucas, for Coppola, all of these people. Everybody's like, oh, wait, those aren't movies. I don't think anybody has ever accused George Lucas of being high art. Oh, <laughs> I was just mentioning just two older people. Yeah, I don't, no, even, no, I don't no. even think... Any chance no, no, to bust no, on George no. Lucas, but, we'll take no, it. No, no, no. To, to, to be fair, though, I don't even think George Lucas considers himself <laughs> high art. And, and he didn't want to make it. He was making retreads <laughs> of the old movie serials yeah, from his youth. Oh, okay, okay. But Star Wars he, trailer. Star Wars trailer, real quick. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to do what I do every time, and that is get excited to be let down. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm ready. I, I'm I'm ready for them to close this close this chapter. I off. think we all are. I mean, I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they are give, that they have let the the old guard go with either in heroic moments or in or you know or just out with a bang. They deserve it. The old guard. It, it's. I get what this what this particular trilogy was made to do. It was made Amazing. to palate cleanse. It's made to get rid of all the old people. Right. You had to at some point. To pass the torch. Yeah, the yeah. torch has to and be And now passed. the question is, will the torch stay lit or not? As long Do you care if this torch is lit? Because I sure certainly don't. Star Wars is a huge has a huge following. It's a guaranteed moneymaker. It whether we enjoy whether we enjoy it or not. It's gonna be. I am a Star Wars fan. I'll be the first to tell you it failed. Like there are movies, some movies have failed, but overall, the mythos itself is strong. I will say that the smartest thing George Lucas did was selling it. Was not selling it, but letting others play with in the toy box with the characters and developing them in ways he could not. That is what actually progressed and kept Star Wars going. As long as it has, it was the con- it was actually George Lucas is a international marketing and rights wizard. He knows True. like because yeah. who, who else? Well, who else had the, Fox is stupid. Who else had the forethought though to retain international marketing, uh, international licensing rights at twenty something with your brand new property with people throwing millions at you? And he said, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to these rights and make sure I reap all that I'm supposed to reap. Right. They didn't have faith in him. The fact that George Lucas had any of those rights, I think, I honestly, and I wanted, I had meant to look up all of those executives' names to see exactly when they left 20th Century Fox, because I'm sure quite a few people lost their jobs over that one. The second the box office returns came back on Star well, Wars, they'd be like, we don't have the rights to what? Well, see, here's the, the toys. Here's the thing, the toys. The toys. <laughs> The toys, sequels, see, that merchandising. Was, that was oh, smart. Yeah, that was that was shrewd. Smart. That was smart of him because, but at that time, those guys were like, "This isn't this isn't the same." It was just, it's the same same thing. Oh, let him put out his little space opera. His space opera. It was if this thing is gonna flop, yeah. and who cares who who cares if he? No yeah. one in the studio. And George Lucas said this in many of no one in that studio Yo, thought it was gonna work. Thought that was gonna work. But George Lucas didn't think it was gonna work. He didn't. And he he struck lightning. Yep. Lightning in a box. So is this movie going to work? Y'all going to sit down and watch three to four hours of this shit? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. In the theater. Yeah. 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 Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, to me, Star Wars is a movie <laughs> going experience. Star Wars is the only thing with a bigger fan base than the MCU. And I'm a slow learner. This, hopefully, will be my last chance to get super excited you to be let it. down. You watched it from the beginning, from the 80s. To, uh, oh, I saw Star movie. Wars in the theater. Yeah, I saw Empire Strikes Back in theaters. Yeah. I saw yeah. Empire Strikes Back in Return of the Jedi. I mean, Wait, when, what year did Empire Strikes Back come back? I might have been too young. Uh, as 81, uh, Empire I think. was 80. 80 I think something. it was... It, Star think, Wars 77, Empire 80, Jedi 83. Yeah. I believe that's I know, how that went. I remember Return of the Jedi very well. Because yeah. it was the first time I ever saw a line to go see a, to a, to go see a movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my my mom and pops took me to see uh, Empire. Took me to see Empire, and then my mom took me to see Jedi. So... Yeah, I, I re- like for me. But Star- there hasn't been any good Star Wars movies since the eighties. No, Rogue. I like Rogue One. I like, I like Rogue One. One. I like Rogue One. I like Rogue, Rogue One a lot. And, and Solo Force Awakens. Awakens. Force Awakens was a was good movie. not bad. Yeah, and Solo was fun. Wasn't bad. Yeah, people complained Solo that Force sucked. Awakens was a retread of <laughs> A New Hope, and you know I don't have a problem yeah. with the cyclical nature of it. It's fine. Yeah, uh, that was Last Jedi. Last Jedi was a problem. 
That yeah. movie sucked. Yeah, that, that movie was awful, and I really yeah, did last, not care for Last, Jedi, last right. Jedi was we, not good. We no, can have a not. whole Star Wars yeah, episode, Star Wars and we will episode. do that yeah, we're going no, that's after, gonna turn I guess, in December. Yeah, really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll, 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 that's going to turn into complaining. <laughs> that'll happen. Wait, There's plenty to complain about. Chaos. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So that's yeah, it for our fly that's notes. That's it for the fly notes, man. Yeah. That's it. No well, more. then that's it for this episode. Yeah, right. we, are, we are done. It's, it's great. We're back from mid-season break. Uh, thank you, Sam, for showing out two controllers and a, and microphone. a microphone. Go go support this man on Twitch. Let's right. let's boost his views. Right. Uh, once again, from Scott Free to myself, Coach E. Soul Starter Cos G. Yes, we are the Fly Nerd Group, and we leave you in peace and love pushing the culture forward, forward. always yes, uh, peace. Peace. thank you peace peace, peace.